0: smash where wrestling and pop culture smash together we are your hosts i am mike moran and i am ian wilson we love wrestling and you love wrestling so let's smash the start button on today's podcast all right all right welcome to wpc smash what up how you doing today brother i'm good man how are you good good i am ian wilson and this is mike moran and we got a loaded, loaded podcast for you guys today. Lots of stuff going on in the world of wrestling and pop culture and video games. So let's jump right into it, man. Uh, straight up, what's going down on your side of town? Let's do it.
1: Oh, I will let you know, and I'm uh, excited to talk about these things. Uh, so, well, right out the gate. I finally got one of the Dino Ultra Zord 10-inch Funko Pops.
0: Super cool looking. Like, uh, I don't collect Funkos, but I I saw that one and I was like, it stuck out to me Like how cool it looks straight up.
1: Oh, yeah. So it's my first 10-inch one. Those are the the big boys, you know, Um, and this is pretty much the Dino Ultra Zord riding Titanus, which is the, um, you know, the white transporter Zord. That's what he's officially called in the show, you know, when the... When the Ultra Zords are all beaten down and they need some help, they call in Titanus, so it's the whole Shabam, it's the Megazord with the Dragon Zord top riding on Titanus. And so I pretty much got to thank my two-month-old daughter because during a feeding at 4.30 in the morning, I was like, hmm, I'll just check out the feeds, what's going on, and boom, there was a link. 30 bucks, which was awesome, and free shipping because I'm a Target Red Card member. Nice. So yeah and it came in great shape it looks awesome it's huge i just don't really know where to display it at this point
0: (laughs) (laughs) find a spot for it in the man town i'm sure oh yeah are the 10 inch figures something that uh they come out with often because i don't remember i mean seeing big ones like that
1: it's almost like once uh in, in my opinion it's like once a quarter of the year, like so maybe four times a year, there's okay. not too many of them, yeah, um, so it's
0: pretty rare to get one of those big ones and and have it be one that you want,
1: yeah, exactly, like I've seen some in the wild, um there was porg from Star Wars it was yeah. like a big ass porg, and then I'm not good with my Harry Potter, but the little little guy looks like Gollum kinda okay, from Harry Potter, yeah, I forgot what his name is, but he has one dobby Dobby, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And then um, coming soon, I just saw on my feeds, was a Mickey Mouse one for the 90th anniversary of Mickey Mouse. Oh, that's rad. Those will be floating around. And I'm not sure if they're all Target exclusive, but the ones I happen to always see are at Target. So That's cool. Keep an eye out for that. That's for sure. And then uh, the other thing I'd like to talk about today is WWE 2K19. Oh,
0: the Million Dollar Challenge. Oh,
1: you want to talk about that first? We can talk about that. (laughs) Let me just say, whoever wins that Million Dollar Challenge deserves the Million Dollars, (laughs) let me tell you. I'm not great at this game, but... So, the Million Dollar Challenge, they do uh, Tower Mode now, which is... Put it into perspective, you retro gamers. It's like Mortal Kombat, baby. I was just
0: thinking that when you said it. Yep,
1: It's a gauntlet match, but the kicker is your health doesn't regenerate. Nothing on your body like moves up. So where you are, if your arms are in the red, they're in the red for match three. They're in the red for match four. You're not coming back each match at 100%. It's a true gauntlet match like WWE. That's cool. So (laughs) I made it through the first four matches and then got the crap kicked out of me. And it's like... As soon as you get one finisher, it doesn't matter if it's the Glorious DDT or the RKO, you're done. That's Straight it. Straight up. It's so hard to kick out. I mean, AJ Styles has a resiliency perk, so you can kick out of whatever one time. So you better <laughs> save it one time. And it's weird because, like, I had a hard time with Bobby Roode, but I pretty much wiped the floor with Samoa Joe. But Samoa Joe, you had to make submit. So oh. that the stipulations change. And so, like I said, I got through four matches. I'm like, all right, I can do this. I can do this. But then I looked. The Million Dollar Challenge is a 15-match <laughs> tower you have to do. What? Yeah. And at the very end, the final opponent, the final boss, is AJ Styles himself. Yeah. So. Do you
0: have to be AJ Styles to yep. go through it? Okay. Yep.
1: And it, what's cool about it, too, is he gives like a personalized message when you start it. Like, welcome to the Million Dollar Challenge. you think you're phenomenal? He's like, we're going to go through the tower of... Some of my, you know, opponents from the past, from other companies, and some of the opponents I can't wait to face in the future, and some of the opponents I'll never be able to face. So I'm guessing there's legends in there. Oh, yeah. So it's like fantasy warfare, but it is hard. I tried it like four different times. I only <laughs> made it to four guys. Wow. You know?
0: You know there's people sitting there. They've been grinding it out since it started, too. Um, what has been going on for like a week and a half or so and nobody's won it yet? That kind of right. surprises me. Yeah. Because you would think there's somebody out there who is like laying it to this game trying to win that million bucks. Yeah. So for the fact that it's taken this long and still nobody's won it with all the people trying mm-hmm. to grind it out for that tells me that, yeah, it's probably on multiple
1: platforms, hard. too. Jesus. So Good luck. And like I said, if they win, they definitely deserve it. <laughs> they should get, definitely get an 8 by 10 from uh, AJ Styles for that one. Cool,
0: cool. And hey, that's only one part of the game.
1: Yeah, I jumped right into that first. But then the next part I was most excited about was the showcase mode with Daniel Bryan. Now, what's cool about this, I know I've talked about showcase modes in the past. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts of WWE 2K. They do a great job. But on this one, Daniel Bryan himself is interviewed and he talks about each match you're about to encounter and they show clips from the live like what actually happened and then you bump into the match but what's cool about it is you have objectives so you have to do specific things that did happen in said match and then also what's cool about that is sometimes like we'll use an example there was a monday night raw where daniel bryan was fighting randy orton and Daniel was talking about he was excited that he was finally facing a main event player, so he had to step up his brutality and not be as, as much of a technician. So in the actual match, he puts Orton through a table. So naturally you have to put him through a table. But some of the objectives was hit Orton ten times with a kendo stick. And when you do that, it goes to like a cutscene, and then it still looks like the video game, but the video game cutscenes and in the in-match look exactly the same, because it's Awesome looking. Yeah. But then the audio turns from the actual audio from Raw. So, like, say Orton's beating you down in the corner, you can hear him saying, like, give up, Brian. You know, give it up. Or the ref saying, come on, Randy. Get off him. Like, it's true crowd ambience and everything. It's it's pretty sweet in those aspects. So, it, it definitely kept me interested. It was, it was tricky, too. It wasn't, like, the easiest thing. Yeah. But it goes through his career all the way up until uh, this year's WrestleMania, which was cool. And you get to be like Shane McMahon also, so you're not just playing as Danny Bryan and you have to do specific things. Because if you remember, Bryan was like out of the match for a long time
0: yeah, sleeping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was definitely worth the play and definitely worth the achievements. But then I even got more excited, which I didn't think I really was going to, for the My Player. My Player mode, I, I mean, I spend countless hours building my guy. Like, I import pictures of my tattoos. Like my guy has my tattoos. My guy has the T-shirt I'm wearing because I upload. Every, soup to nuts, baby. He even has my Huck Lab disc golf
0: hat. Like nice.
1: So, but what's awesome in this one is you don't have access to every single move in the library. So I can't come out there work in the indies where they start you, you know, giving people rock bottoms. My finisher is like the bro kick and like a scoop slam punch to the face. Like. They give you minimal moves. You have to earn your other moves.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's different.
1: Yeah. So, so far, because I haven't played through it, you're in the indies. And let me just tell you, like, secretly, it's like WWE is trashing on the indies. (laughs) Because the storyline is the guy who runs the indies used to work for WWE, so he hasn't in whatever. He He knows people. So, I'm literally in a high school gym and there's like 15 people and the announcer's like oh what a maneuver like Vince McMahon would say but there's only 15 people here so I don't even know why I have a microphone (laughs) but and there's just tons of jabs like that nice um I was offered an NXT contract but then a fan jumped me and I fought back so then Triple H pulled the NXT contract and now I have to find myself in the indies and they sent me to Mexico and same thing, like, when you're in Mexico, the announcer's now speaking Spanish, and, like, you're fighting the luchador. And then you have, like, a, a feud with a local guy, like, CQ is his name, but he's trying to find himself, too. So he's like, blackout, CQ. All of a sudden, he's wearing all black, and you just crap all over him. Like, nice gimmick, bro. Like, <laughs> I definitely can't even see you. So then it's almost like Paul Heyman-esque, in my opinion, where uh, the the made-up, you know, President of BCW, he's like, Oh, well, now we're going to do it outside of the school and we're going to get a live stream on the internet and it's going to be a false count anywhere because now that everyone knows your story where you had the NXT contract, then it got pulled within 24 hours, and then you're going to Mexico, your new wrestling name is Buzz because you're creating an internet buzz. So the president guy is trying to like feed off of your buzz and one match he did was called a a scrapyard cage match and it was like pieces of the old blue cage and then like scrap metal stuff and in the cutscenes you and, and C Q are like, dude, are we gonna get tetanus? <laughs>
0: like it's like crap. This is crazy yeah. depth. Holy cow! Yeah. And the I, fact that you fought back against the fan and Triple H pulled your contract, and yeah. then they send you to Mexico. Like what? I can't even yeah. believe there's so much detail in this game.
1: For sure. And me being me, just because I want to see what would happen, I apologize first. And Triple H is like, I don't care if you're gonna apologize. Who the hell do you think you are? Like, no, we don't. We don't stand for that. You don't punch a member of the WWE universe. So then I dashboarded, and I put like. Hey man, he hit me first. I was just defending myself. And it was like, it just goes right to the same answer. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm
0: still going to Mexico, baby. <laughs> Dude, that is wild. I got what?
1: jumped in Mexico too, but they found out it was a copycat because he just wanted to be famous in Mexico. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That we still don't know who's really jumping me. They're wearing a red luchador mask, but someone has it out for me, and you think it's Mr. GQ, but he's yeah. like, I was in Japan, blah, blah, blah. What?
0: Yeah, Dude, and this all, is crazy. I'm only up
1: to, like, uh, chapter four. Dude, this like is I, crazy. I'm playing at a steady rate because so I'm watching the cut scenes. And then there's yeah. backstage where you got to talk to people. And, like, you talk. I talked to Alexa Bliss and this and that. It, it's really in-depth.
0: You got to shake everybody's hand when you go into the locker yeah, room. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: And to get my NXT contract, pretty funny, um, because Matt Bloom was at your first match, and they were supposed to be looking at CQ – but they were like, "No, Mike, we want to give you the contract." So that's why CQ doesn't like you. But so my tryout match was a dark match against Braun Strowman in a cage match. <laughs> what? And my objective was, don't run out of the cage. I got about 15 seconds of um, offense on Braun, and then bam, he hit me with a power slam, and it didn't even give me the kickout option. Like you knew, it knew yeah. you were gonna lose. That's it. But then it was like, Triple H was impressed that you didn't run from Braun Strowman. That's when you get the contract. What? So, I can only imagine where it's going to go from there, you know? And I'm really having a lot of fun. The game looks really cool. Um, I I mean to backtrack a little bit, but there's, it's not all gravy, you know? And for the review that I'm kind of doing right now, it's a little bit, little bit I'm going to touch on. So, some things, like I said, are really cool. Like in the Daniel Bryan thing. Yeah, um, I'm doing a match against the Miz at one of the night of champions and they like Michael Cole is on commentary and they were like last week on Raw. You know, the Miz made Di- Brian Daniel tap out like the week six days ago before this event. So we know the Miz knows his submissions, which was a true statement. So I'm like, oh, that dude, that's super cool that they brought that up.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, like, the details that they're going into right now. Um, I know this is a lot like Madden where it comes out every year and not a lot changes usually, but it sounds like they made a ton of changes.
1: Yeah, so, like, one of the negative things I was talking about, because where that's a positive, where it was true, that six days ago The Miz made him tap. Randomly, like, I'm just fighting The Miz, and it just, like, went to default. Like, Daniel Bryan, as the GM of... Of SmackDown brought the Miz over on the Superstar Shakeup just to inflict more pain to Daniel Ryan. I'm like, oh, this is a 2010 match. Yeah. And so yeah, like, no. oops, oopsie. <laughs> but like, that's the negative I have. Just like a little commentary oopsie. Like you might hear the same repetitive stuff over and over. Sure, sure. But other than that, like it, I can't say enough. Like it looks cool, and I haven't even scratched the surface. Like the my player, but then there's. There's more towers just for fun and they have like it could be like the ECW Badass Tower or the the Mega Powers Tower. Like I didn't even go to it yet. I know they're there. Yeah. They're not fifteen fighters, they're like five. So they're achievable to beat and maybe get some unlockables. Sure. A lot of unlockables and a huge roster. So WWE two K. That's pretty much all I gotta say about that, man. So I'm gonna hit you with that hot tag.
0: <laughs> Dude, before I jump into, you know, my uh, stuff for the week, I got to say that, you know, Smash is out there, if you're not playing WWE 2K19, like, you should be for sure. I mean, you, I'm sold. I'm to jump on that this week, you know, and that's, wow. It's super cool, dude. And like I said, like, it's something that comes out every year, so you might not always be super excited about it. Yep. But that made me super excited about this year, so that's for sure. Yeah, so. I,
1: I skipped last year because, like you said, like, mm-hmm. sometimes – because last year they didn't have a showcase mode, and that's what is the driving force. But like then I found out they they really upgraded the my player. So hell yeah,
0: probably realized their mistake. Well, all right, man. So speaking of uh, you know video games and stuff that comes out every year, uh, Black Ops Four finally released. Uh, you know uh, about a week and a half ago at this point, and uh, so I've been jumping on that when I have the opportunity. And I got to say. That I'm really enjoying Black Ops 4. It's different than um, anything that we've gotten in the recent past, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know, um, you know, we played World War II last year, and so we had old bolt action rifles and old guns and stuff like that, and, you know, no jetpacks, no exosuits suits, and stuff like that. So I was stoked that they moved up, uh, you know, into the future per se. But you still don't have exosuits suits and stuff like that, so nobody's flying around. Um, no crazy, crazy perks and stuff like that. But there are cool things that you can do. You can, you know, you can still slide really far. I thought that was cool. And they have, you know, each individual character that you can pick which is a new part of call of duty basically gives you a set of special you know uh abilities that you can do and um i think there's 10 different you know guys that you can pick from and before each match you get to pick a guy and only one person per team can pick said guy out of those 10 characters and uh, they all do something totally different you know just for example i don't want to go through all 10 but one can drop some barbed wire and you can basically mm-hmm. use it as like a claymore or something, you know, when somebody's going behind you.
1: Yeah, it like shocks them. So, like, if, if you're guarding like C Flag and you hear like someone, you can turn around, you know what door you put it in front of, so you can hopefully take them out.
0: Yeah. They bumped rate. up the health, which is a huge thing. Um, yep. We've always been at you know a hundred for health, and then you know you'd play and you'd shoot, and everybody's at a hundred health. In this one, everybody's at one hundred and fifty, so gunfights are last and longer. Mm-hmm. And to add on to that, they basically gave you like a like a Narcan shot yeah. <laughs> and an adrenaline shot. So when you're getting a shot in battle, if you you know, are loaded up on the on the Narcan shot, you can hit it, boom, stab yourself with it and recharge your health. So gunfights are lasting a lot longer. You're not um per se getting flanked and and shot up super quick. You can you can run and do an ability and hide behind the corner and shoot yourself up and get back in the fight. You know, it it's um totally different. Totally cool. I'm enjoying it. Lots of cool, you know, kill streaks and stuff like that. Um, I just I'm really enjoying it right now I'm not super good at it yet there's a lot of new maps and some people are you know know everything about every map already but man I'm having a good time playing it and let alone blackout mode which we've already talked about but you get to get back you know get into it a little more now that the full game is released so if you're just playing by yourself and you're getting killed in multiplayer and you ain't feeling it you can jump onto blackout mode skydive into this giant map and uh, you know pick up some collectibles and play battle royale style so super stoked for black ops 4 if you guys aren't out there aren't playing it I strongly recommend you pick it up I know some people are kind of turned off by call of duty you know saying it's repetitive or whatever and you can get that from a lot of games we just talked about it with wwe and yep. madden and stuff like that but i feel that it's enough different where you're getting a nice change but it's still call of duty you're still you're still getting call of duty everything that you know and love but you're getting a little bit of change and a little bit different so black ops 4 check it out
1: yeah and there's a lot of little changes too like um i mean this is real nerdy of me to say but like your 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 score streaks you have to hold Y now because if you hit right you can actually spray paint walls and stuff like oh yeah i think that like little things like that are cool i mean i don't do it too often because i mean you're just leaving yourself out there to get killed but <laughs> yeah. if you can create your own that would be super dope like NWO4 life <laughs> like, yeah, I just. But it's, it's the little way. things and the game looks really cool I really like that you can swim yeah. but you can shoot while swimming too Like. Yeah. that's pretty cool I like to say I always call it out like hey boys I'm fishing because I'll wait for the spot where you can come up so when the enemies are like trying to get towards my flag I'm just like shooting fish in a barrel pretty yeah. much
0: Hey, there's a lot of cool things that you can do, and the mechanics in general feel really good. When you want to run and turn and pull up your yeah, gun, it's you smooth. are. Yeah, everything's smooth. That's a good word for I'm it. I'm
1: super stoked about this game, and, like, knock on wood, I haven't been disappointed or, like, upset that I haven't been playing good. Like, I just don't care. I'm having lots of fun, and a lot of people have said, like, it's more fast-paced, but, you know, finally! Yeah. That's kind of my game, so yep. I'm pretty stoked about that. I
0: think it is fast-paced. Uh, they... Camping's not going to do anything for you because if you hide in one spot, they're going to get right back to you in 10 or 15 seconds and they're going to know where you are and yep. you're not going to have a chance to really sit somewhere too long. Every door has multiple entrances, so you can't really, without a party, hold down a certain area right. and whatnot. A lot of cool new game modes, control most notably. I think that's mm-hmm. cool. Very demolition but yeah. uh, different enough where you feel like it's a new mode. So yeah, man, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, check that out, guys. Um... In the Heroclix realm, Secret World's Battle World got released last week, so I got myself a brick of those upstairs. Um, I buy a new brick every time a new uh, set comes out, so I'm super stoked for that. I haven't opened it yet. I'll send out a picture of the brick and, and what I pulled out of it when we open it on Twitter. You can uh, hit us up at WPC Smash to check that out. And, uh, yeah, new Heroflix set, always stoked for that. There's some cool chases and uh, fun pieces to pull. And, obviously, when you pull a chase in any collectible, you're, you're super stoked about that. So I'm oh, excited yeah. to see what I get. Um, in the movie realm, uh, one of my favorite movies growing up and still to this day, Big Trouble in Little China... Um, man, I love that movie. It's a classic. It's really, you know, old school karate, spiritual you know, wizard type movie. It's got a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, Kurt Russell plays the uh, main character, and they announced a sequel, and the sequel is going to be played by none other than Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Which I think is a total weird choice, but I'm just stoked to see that they're giving some love to Big Trouble in Little China. It's not a remake; it's going to actually be a sequel. Oh, nice! So I think that's really cool. It's in very announced, you know, just announced stages. Uh, so they don't really, you know, haven't seen anything else except for there's going to be a sequel and the main guy's going to be The Rock. So I think that's super cool. The Rock can basically choose what he wants to do these days hottest you know male actor in in the world right now I would say and the fact that he decided he wanted to play Jack Burton or if he's not playing Jack Burton be you know the new character in Big Trouble in Little China. Man, that got me super excited. And lastly, uh, I know uh, we had a lot of action this week on Twitter. People wanted to know about the Rampage cabinet. I finally got mine in. Uh, it took a little longer than I would have expected, you know, especially after pre-ordering it from Arcade 1-Up and stuff like that. But all that stuff aside, which we already talked about, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I set it up. It probably took me, you know, about an hour and it needed an extra set of hands. So my wife, you know, held one side while I screwed it all together and stuff like that. But really, really easy. I could have done it myself if I really wanted to. But you wanna be careful with these kind of things. It is an arcade cabinet, so I wanted to make sure everything was done smooth and right. So it took me about an hour to set it up. I did get the riser, and I got to tell you, I'm six feet tall, and with the riser, for me, it's the perfect height. If anything, it's a little bit high from where I would like my hands to be. So, um, you know, the, the big questions that we got when Arcade announced this thing was, you know, is it too small? So in my opinion, it's absolutely not. It's... Perfect height for somebody who's six feet tall. So, if you're a few inches shorter or a few inches taller, you're not going to have any problems. You run into those same issues at a regular arcade, whether you're, you know, if you're in that height range. And you can always pull it off the riser and sit down with a little chair in front of it and stuff like that. Uh, Width wise, uh, three people can play the Rampage cabinet and uh, it's comfortable. You know, Um, you're going to, the people on the edges are going to hang off the side. But, you know, for example, we went to a retro uh, arcade. Convention that we talked about, uh, you know, probably about a month ago or two months ago, and we played a four-man machine, and the two guys on the side were pretty much hanging like sideways, mm-hmm. trying to watch the screen. So that's normal on yeah. a full ca- full size arcade machine. The guys on the side are going to be hanging off the side. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of got that diagonal view if you're on the side and the guy in the middle. But plenty of room for three full-size adults to to play this game. You know, you need the room to where you can hang off the side. But like I said, that's normal. That's something that you always get.
1: It's a small price to pay to be the character you want to be in the game.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) You know, you want Michelangelo, you got to be on the left side. (laughs) Um, It's... Perfect size, in my opinion. thing weighs 60 pounds. I can pick it up and throw it over my shoulder if I wanted to. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So you can move it around as opposed to a 400-pound cabinet. Um, So another thing that people talked about was the quality of it. And in my opinion, the MDF is super high quality. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's it's MDF board. Uh, It's cheaper. Well, it's not like when you buy a really cheap piece of furniture and it's really crappy and you can see like the wood on the inside, it's not like that quality MDF. It's high quality, Mm -hmm. solid MDF. If you bought a, you know an expensive piece of furniture you know a couple hundred bucks, that's the kind of wood it's made yeah, out. So it's of. not
1: like that particle board type deal. Not I, at all. I know all. exactly what you're talking about. If, yeah. you, if you like screw your like screw in too much, it just all starts to fall apart type deal.
0: Yep, not like that at all. It's super solid. You're not going to break this thing if you put it together the right way. You're not going to push too hard and it's going to crumble. Right. There's no way. Um, a lot of people, you know, say. That the quality wasn't good is because it's the MDF board. But to be quite honest, if you're going to build your own machine, you're going to use MDF board. Are you going to use plywood and 2x4s hmm. and make your machine 400 pounds so you can't move it? Possibly. Some people might. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, you're going to make it so it's manageable. And to make an arcade machine manageable, you're going to need some MDF board. So that's um, pretty irrelevant in my opinion. Um, another thing that people talked about was uh, sound quality. Now, the one thing that in my cabinet, which is the Rampage cabinet, that uh, I'm going to say is that I think the sound quality is great. You do get a little crackle when you first start it, like when it first kicks on the game. So, um, you know, doesn't have the highest quality speaker, but as soon as that, you know, you fire up the game and you get that quick crackle of the speaker firing up, it goes clear, it's loud, it sounds good, you can turn it off with the the three settings, off mm-hmm. low and high. And there's no problem for me sound-wise. I understand that... A connoisseur of arcade games especially with the street fighter cabinet might notice that it is a mono sound cabinet Mm -hmm. and you're missing a couple of the sound effects here or there to be quite honest that's something i would never notice but if you are real like say street fighter 2 turbo guy you might notice those things here or there but i've seen videos on youtube where people you know add other speakers with a little bit of modification and stuff like that so that's something that you can do um the price point at 300 bucks Totally, totally worth it in my opinion. Uh, the graphics look great on the side. It looks super cool. It's definitely something that I'll buy again when uh, the right cabinet comes out. Yeah. I've heard um, complaints about some of the other cabinets where, with the trackball on the centipede cabinet maybe being a little tight, Ooh. that's something you can loosen up. You can just pop it open, loosen up the screws a little bit, and bam, all your right. trackball's all loose now. I've also seen on the asteroid machines that people say the dial just uh, is too tight, okay. and you can throw a couple washers on it, and it will lift it up a little bit and give you all that motion that you're looking for. So mm-hmm. these are quick
1: fixes. Yeah, but I get what people are saying. Like they probably shouldn't have to exactly you know do a quick fix like that, but totally there agree. are alternatives.
0: Totally sure. agree. Um, and that's something that's going to get fixed in the future, I'm sure. This is a first run right. thing, and I'm sure in the in the warehouse or wherever they're building it right now, they're like, hey man, put a couple washes in here yeah <laughs> and, the, and that's it and look at
1: this dude youtube video <laughs> they're, <yeah. laughs> they're uh fixing it for us just do what he's doing
0: exactly right um so they're a little easier to get nowadays i see them in the stores i um as far as pre-orders go they maxed out super fast uh, if you didn't pre-order one you didn't get one the first week but um Unless they had them in the Walmart. <laughs> yeah they had they had them in store You know, pretty much day one. And basically how Walmart works is if they got 10 pre-orders, they order 12 machines so they can put two on their floor because Walmart Mm -hmm. wants you to come in and buy other things while you're there. Marketing 101. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Annoying for those who pre-order. But that's if I was running a store, I'd want something on my floors to make people buy other stuff too. Dude, I'm an
1: impulse purchase like master.
0: Well, that's you're like, exactly who they look exactly. For, right? Like I'm
1: sure if I was like standing over there looking at the arcade machine, they had like some baller like Rampage koozies like hanging right next. I'm like, I gotta get these for when I'm having a brewski while I'm yeah. playing Rampage. Ex- it matches, dude. Sweet. Ex- exactly <laughs> right,
0: man. Three bucks, no problem. So it's super cool, man. They're out there if you want to get them. You might not see the cabinet that you want. You're going to see a lot of Asteroid cabinets because not everybody wants that cabinet. But they're they're out there if you want to find one. And when the new cabinets get announced, which we talked about in the last episode, I'm going to be super excited. I'm probably going to snag one of those as well. The screen, 17-inch screen, perfect size for the cabinet. It looks great. Um, graphics look good. Everything's smooth. I got no complaints whatsoever with the cabinet at all um and we're only going to get improvements in the future so i think i kind of touched on you know everybody's minor complaints that they had and none of that to me is such a big deal Uh, everything can be fixed and uh for 300 bucks i mean that's cheaper than a new xbox Mm -hmm. it looks a it looks real cool you know if that's what you're looking for some nostalgia and you know a showcase piece for your game room or for your your man town um you know, scooping up one of these arcade one-up cabinets, you can't go wrong. I think the movie's about to start. And now for our feature presentation. Is on. All right, Smashers! So we have our underdog movie that we asked everybody to check out, and if you did, you know, Ready to Rumble is a wrestling movie. Dream. It's everything that you've ever wanted from a wrestling movie. And uh, I got to tell you, Ready to Rumble. So many quotes that I use <laughs> on a daily basis. And this is, you know, one of my regular go-to movies. Like when I'm sitting around and you can't decide what you want to watch, Ready to Rumble. Rainy day movie, baby. Yeah, no matter what time of day, no matter what day. <laughs> it's one of those movies that I always, you know, could check out and watch it start to finish. Not be bored. Mm-hmm. Not, um you know, worry about anything else except for, you know, jumping into the movie and getting that awesomeness just splashed all over me. Cause I because <laughs> I just I have no complaints of this movie whatsoever. It's um not not your standard wrestling movie. It's more of like wrestling from a fan's point of view. A yep. uh, super fan, like I would like to think that we kind of are. Mm-hmm. And uh so I really, really enjoy Ready to Rumble and uh, you know, Jimmy King we get so many quotes that we go back and forth with with the boys um we actually have uh between that group of close friends of ours we have some what would king do bracelets just like you saw in the movie and there's a lot of uh pro wrestling appearances obviously wcw went all in to uh make this movie with them so you're gonna get macho man diamond dallas page countless countless other guys Rey mysterio Mm with no mask um, you're going to see a little bit of everything in this. Oh, and yeah. you really get a good a good view of the super fans, you know, yeah. Uh, it's wrestling.
1: Yeah, you know, wrestling <laughs>
0: perspective. So, I mean, I really enjoy Rated Rumble. I know it kind of splashed and people didn't dig it. I know right after this in real wrestling on Nitro, yeah. David Arquette won the title and, and people kind of bashed it because of the movie. But, hey, if I just sent all my wrestlers to do a big budget movie for yep. the first time, I would want to promote it, and that's how they did. So,
1: yep, trying to put butts in the seats and ride the wave of the movie. You know, I've always liked this movie. I mean, I didn't go see it in theaters, but I don't know how old I was when it came out. But yeah. still, as soon as I ever saw this movie, I I have always liked this movie. Like you said, so many quotes, so many like insider stuff. As I get older, like I'm like, oh man, like they're backstage and like pretty much throwing kayfabe out the window where all the wrestlers are like you know warming up next to each other like going over their matches and whatnot and and just like oh like i i I can't it's just awesome awesome wrestling movie has the in-ring stuff it has the out of the ring stuff and like you said such a cast of wrestlers goldberg's in it bam bam bigelow yeah psycho Sid, i believe sting i believe is even in it like there's so many great oh, yeah. wrestlers in it and yeah there's
0: so many and you could go on and on yeah. you know billy kidman's in it there's so many wrestlers um, but it, it's funny i like, think
1: it is funny too oh it's
0: hilarious i think a cool little side note is uh you know david arquette being like the main character i would say um you know, he's wrestling in the indies now. He loves wrestling mm-hmm. so much, and he wanted to do this movie. They didn't just go pick an actor to play wrestler. Right. Um, David Arquette's a huge wrestling fan, and even to this day, he's on the indies, you know, paying his dues and getting on shows because he loves wrestling. Yeah. So, and you can see that from him when he's acting. And,
1: and not a bad rap sheet either. WCW world champion. yeah, Main eventer of Raw. yeah, And now wrestling in the indies, doing his thing.
0: Yeah, dude. Ready to rumble. Do you
1: think he's eligible to be in the Celebrity Wing of the Hall of Fame?
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. Right? I think, just, he, I think it just makes sense. Like, how, if anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? There's people in the Celebrity Wing that shouldn't be there. So, right. if David Kent wants in, he should be.
1: So, speaking of people who are in this movie, I'm hopefully going to drop some knowledge bomb all over your face right now. <laughs> all right. And an uncredited John Cena is in this movie. No way. Yes way. I will post the link. On to YouTube, and okay, maybe it's not John Cena, he's a prototype. But in a scene where the king is talking to Goldberg in the gym, you can see a blonde haired Cena. Go into his weight machine and start doing some bicep curls, baby. No way, dude. Hells, yeah. I'm gonna watch
0: that movie today just to find mm-hmm. that one little clip. Yeah, definitely post that, you know, so everybody can check I it will, out. will, man,
1: at WPC smash.
0: That's great. Oh man. So ready to rumble, guys. If you didn't check it out already before this podcast, you got plenty of time. That movie ain't going anywhere. It's a cult classic in my opinion, and that's why it made our underdog movie of the week all right smashers we got a new segment that we wanted to try this week we're going to call it off the top and i'm going to kick it to mike moran to give you guys the details so you can follow along with us and have some fun
1: all right so off the top pretty much just like it says this is what we're going to do we're going to ask each other a simple question but when i ask ian the question he needs to answer instantly off Off the the top. top yeah no thinking too heavy deep into it just see where your mind is begin with and that way listeners maybe you'll get to know us a little better and you can see like what makes us tick and why like so we'll have a small discussion on why we picked that answer but then we'll flip it and we'll ask the other one the same question and, and just see how it goes um so we're gonna start it off asking each other but you know we definitely encourage you to hit us up on twitter with that hashtag wpc off the top and we'll answer some of your questions too
0: Let's go, bub. All right, sounds good, man. So first uh, thing that comes to mind to me is uh, Mike Moran, what's your favorite wrestling out- entrance? Give it to me off the top. It would be,
1: as far as entrance theme songs, Money, Inc. <laughs> All time, that's my favorite. It brings me back to um, when I started watching wrestling, and I still think, like, the guitar player in me, it still stands the test of time. I like it. I like that noise too, and Million Dollar Man. It just—it just makes it. There's now. There's a lot of good ones out there, but this is off the top, and that's what I went with. So, what about you, brother?
0: All right, man. Right off the top, if you ask me, what my favorite entrance is, uh, since I was a kid, Ultimate Warrior. Straight Indiana? up running to the ring, dude, shaking the ropes. Nothing got me amped like, you know, under um, like the Ultimate Warrior did nice. at that time. I don't think, you know, I think it was a little bit past Hogan where I was like really, really getting into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I obviously, you know, I loved Hogan, but just the energy that Ultimate Warrior brought to his entrance.
1: Yeah.
0: For me, off the top, greatest entrance of all time, Ultimate Warrior. Sweet. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know, uh, you know, off the top what your favorite entrance is of all time. And and try not to think too much about it. Just give us the first thing that came to your head.
1: Right off the top.
0: All right, guys. And we come to this section every week that I get pretty excited for, and that is uh, jumping right into Mike's Town.
1: Alright boys and girls, welcome to My Man Town. Now this week, we're going to talk about a game that I absolutely love. I'm sure you do too, if you're a retro gamer. We're going to talk about Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time.
0: Oh, legendary!
1: Now this one's a little different uh, because, you know, it came out in 91 as an arcade cabinet from Konami, which was absolutely incredible. But it also came out as a port in 92 and on the Super Nintendo And that one is my favorite, the Super Nintendo one, and I'm going to tell you why. So, the first time I played this game was in the arcade, because if you didn't know this about me, I was an arcade rat as a kid. Whenever we went on vacation, I'd jump in the ocean for 20 minutes and run to the arcade as quick as I could with (laughs) 20 bucks in my pocket, I would... I would get the crap kicked out of me on Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, or I'd sit there and play the Simpsons and what what have you. I was all about the arcades.
0: Well, how times have changed, because now when we jump into the arcade, you're kicking everybody's butt at Street Fighter and uh, Mortal Kombat. That's right, I am, because
1: yeah. I, I'm, I'm a veteran, baby. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah, so Turtles in Time, I will tell you a story real quick. I actually beat this game at my friend's birthday party with $11. I had other people playing, jumping in and out, but I was Michelangelo... And it was $11, and I missed the cake, I missed the presents, I didn't care. This game was awesome. (laughs) So, right off the bat, so let me talk about the Super Nintendo version. Super Nintendo version is a little different in these aspects. The sprites are smaller, and the sound quality isn't as good, but in my opinion, for a good thing. So, if you're playing the arcade version, if you're in uh, Big Apple 3AM or Alley Cat Blues, and you, you hit the Fire Hydrant... Like, a, they, the Turtles throw off a cheesy one-liner, like, cool off, bud. <laughs> um, or in prehistoric Turtlesaurus, when they get hit by the fire, they're like, oh, it's hot in here. They don't have that on the Super Nintendo, which I didn't think it needed anyway. Um, so, you know, it, on the Super Nintendo, it's a two-player bash-em-up. And the, the thing of the story is you're in New York. Crane steals the Statue of Liberty. So, of course, the Turtles are going to step in. So after you do that, you're going into the sewer, and you're doing one of my favorite levels because it has bomb music, sewer surfing, like the energy of that tune, just like gets your amp to be playing. And you fight the pizza monsters, and it's kind of like a bonus game where you try to collect as many pizzas as you can, but, you know, look out, my toe, my toe! you don't want to hit your foot. Yep. So if we're in Super Nintendo, all of a sudden the Rat King shows up on his baller jet ski, and he's like, yo, it's my turf. Yep. But see, here's where the differences start. In the arcade, there is no Rat King, and Shredder just transports you right to prehistoric Turtle source. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm taking you back in time. So... In the Super Nintendo one, I know I'm going back and forth here, but try to follow me. Um, in the Super Nintendo one, you actually go to the Technodrome. Technodrome. And in the Technodrome, you fight Tokar and Razar. In the arcade, there is no Technodrome level. So think of it as a Super Nintendo exclusive level. True. And in that level, also, you have that sweet little battle with Shredder where you have to throw the foot Clan at the screen. Yeah. I thought that was badass.
0: Yep. So, yeah, and, that, and that's a weird... Um, you know, boss fight where the guy's in front of you, you know, Shredder's in front of you and you can only see the back of his head and he's kind of, you know, 3D-esque like yeah. at the front of the screen. And you're fighting, you know, farther back into the into the screen and throwing the guys basically at yourself yep. and at Shredder's face. I thought that was a cool boss fight and something different.
1: Yeah, he's shooting you. You got to look out for the uh, reticule and he's also grabbing you with these pinchies. Yeah. yeah, you have to throw them at the screen, and then that's where he sends you back in time.
0: Pretty revolutionary. Yeah.
1: So now, let's just put us both in prehistoric Turtlesaurus. Prehistoric the levels are pretty much the same, except for, like I said, those, um, the, those audio clips. But then there's a change when you get to the boss. Arcade has, like, Mr. Cement, who's like a blob, and he just kind of attacks you. And the Super Nintendo version has Slash. Which Slash is a badass, also mutated turtle. Yep. So, once again, point for Super Nintendo. Then we go off, and I believe we're on the boat.
0: Gullen crossbow.:
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is one of my favorite levels. Um, the main difference is in this, Super Nintendo does not have the rain effect that the arcade does. Um, and then the main difference, and again, point Super Nintendo... The boss battle is Bebop and Rocksteady, which I thought was super cool because you don't always see those guys in all the Ninja Turtle games.
0: No, it's weird that you don't get more Bebop and Rocksteady because, to me, they're main characters when you grow up, especially watching the show. Mm -hmm. And um, they're definitely definitely main characters in the cartoon. So it's uh, weird to me that you don't see them a lot more than you do, um, but it's cool that they get included.
1: Yeah. So if we do a side-by-side here... On the boat of the arcade, here's where you meet Toka and Razar. Um, Toka and Razar are badass. We know that, but it was cool to see that Super Nintendo. You get them kind of in a different exclusive level, and then you get Bebop and Rocksteady, who are dressed as pirates, true to the times. Um, and then the next level, where are you both my up? Uh, both me. versions are the same. You're on the train, and you and you uh, fight the crocodile. Yep. Yep and he all the bosses are pretty easy to beat in yeah this game. it's not too like high. you figure out their pattern and then you just hack them away which is cool
0: yeah i play with my son and yeah. uh it's a great game to play but even he can like i can beat the boss by myself and he can kind of run around the screen like he does yeah and he can jump in and help out where he wants to but it's not something that's so hard that you're gonna get frustrated it's just a great game that you're gonna have a good time playing
1: yeah so And and I said, I know this one's in-depth, but I really like this game, and I really want to take some time on it. Classic. So the next level you're on, you go into the future. Neon Night Rider. As we talk about it now in 2018, it's really not so distant future at 2020. (laughs) Yeah. So we need to step up our game because we are on flying saucer, super-duper flying, side-scrolling deal where you're fighting the Foot Clan. Now, a big difference on this one that people might not have noticed is, so it's side-scrolling, and you're flying, and you're fighting the Foot Clan and jumping for pizza boxes and stuff. But on the Super Nintendo version, it also does a forward-facing mode like F-Zero, and that is not in the arcade. Ah, so that's like yeah. that's like another Super Nintendo point, yeah. <laughs> Super Nintendo, if you will. Um, other than that, the next step, the next stage you're going to is the spaceship. Darby, where no It's pretty much the Darby. same in both games, and you're still in the future, and you're fighting Krang. But then you get blast back to current time and if you're on the arcade it's gonna say 1991 if you're on super nintendo it's gonna say 1992 which is true to the times but this is another really big difference and it's the boss battle
0: technodrome the final shell shot
1: in the arcade shredder is shredder you know no more no less he has a sweet like green uh katana he's attacking you with he's throwing these like ice balls at you and stuff yeah but then, on the Super Nintendo version, it's Super Shredder from Ninja Turtles 2.
0: Yeah, Kevin Nash making an appearance.
1: And he is brutal. He can hit you with, like, the deformation and that you're instantly dead. Like, instantly dead. So, it's a lot harder on Super Nintendo, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, because of that final boss battle. Yeah. Nice.
1: And there's a few other things that i like to mention that I think are really cool. Um, this one will, in my opinion, will be point for... Arcade, did you know that if you don't move your character, you know, you get their little dance, like they'll spin their nunchucks, whatever. Yep. Splinter runs across the screen and says, hurry. Yeah. And if you don't do anything, he gets closer and closer to you. And then if you don't do anything, a bomb drops on you and you instantly die.
0: Whoa, I didn't know that. I knew the Splinter thing. Talk
1: about eating quarters.
0: What? You know? Yeah. Because if
1: you're on Super Nintendo, you just get April saying, fight, fight. Yeah. And nothing happens to you. So I think that's pretty cool for the arcade. Like I wish that was kind of in the Super Nintendo one cuz it's clever. Yeah, keep things you know? moving. I mean cuz you could always hit pause if you wanted. Sure. On in in the in the Super Nintendo. That's and then, wild. And then one more point, I'm just uh, maybe two. Two more points, I'm going to say. Dude, this is a great
0: game, and it deserves an in-depth review. So, yeah, everything you got, I mean, you blew me away a couple times. I played both versions many times. Yeah. And it's a lot of things that I don't notice because I'm just trying to beat the game. Mm
1: -hmm. So, it's
0: cool to, like, actually hear it out loud, all the differences.
1: Hell, yeah. So, I'm going to talk about the opening screen of the arcade. I love it because it's playing Pizza Power (laughs) from the Ninja Turtles Out of Our Shells Tour. I'm a big fan of that. I don't care what anyone says. Like... Those songs to me are rocking, yeah. Like, like w- w- why would you not want Ninja Turtles talking about like peace and fighting bad guys and being true to yourself and eating pizza? Like, yep. so good point. But then, if you take the graphics of the Super Nintendo um, opening cutscene or title screen, I think that one's a lot better because it looks like the opening of the cartoon, but the way the turtles are shown, like wielding their weapons, and then how uh. Leo slices down the screen, then you get the title screen. Like, yeah. that just amped me up as a kid. But I just wish that the Pizza Power was the theme on the Super Nintendo. I know they sure. probably couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, licensing issues or whatever. Or
1: just like the sound quality would sound like super crap. True. So when you beat the game in the arcade, you get a sweet little uh, cutscene where they're on the Turtle Blimp and cue the Pizza Power. Yeah. All man. is good. Nice. But now, little known fact on the Super Nintendo. The only way to get the true ending is to beat it on hard. Because oh. if you beat it on any other uh, level, you're you're back in the the lair, and Splinter was like, "Oh, that was some good training, but you must defeat it on a higher difficulty to truly, you know." Beat the shredder, and then the shredder laughs at
0: you. Oh, okay, because that's happened to me, and yeah. I, I must have. I don't think I've ever beaten it on hard. You like what? <laughs> yeah, I just think like, okay, that was the end. Cool, like uh, they're gonna set up the next game. Like that's yeah. cool. But I, uh, yep, yeah, now I have to beat it on hard so I can get the real uh, cutscene at the end.
1: There you go. Is it a
0: cutscene? Yeah, cool. They, all right, they deliver Is the, it uh, the same thing with the blimp and all. Yeah, they
1: deliver the Statue of Liberty back, but yeah. then it's like oh. a real cool. Like you see the front of the turtles like sitting on the blimp, like you know how. Mikey and Raph would sit on, like, the engines and yeah. they're, like, chilling. And they're, like, giving you a thumbs up and yeah. Pizza Power's playing. Not, not Pizza Power on the Super Nintendo, but it's still, like, a pretty cool scene to see. Like, oh, yeah, like, we delivered
0: Statue oh, of Liberty. Man, dude. Back that, to America. I can't even believe it. So, technically, I've never even really beaten the game on Super Nintendo, I don't think. Because yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. I always, I just played on normal. You know, that's kind of yeah. my jam. You just I hit start and start going. And go. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. But now now it makes sense why, why uh, Splinter's, like oh but there's still more training my son yeah
0: yeah yeah oh dude that is awesome man that was a hell of an in-depth review and and everybody out there i'm sure loves this game but if you're like me you love it and you haven't you didn't know all that information so mike to grasp all that knowledge dude totally awesome and that's why you're the king of retro games in our neighborhood for sure
1: (laughs) well thanks man i really really liked going over that game obviously i really like that game and uh you ever want to get together and play? Come to Mantown. We got yeah. it on both. I mean, I don't have a standing arcade cabinet, but I got it on both uh, systems, if you will, and we can we can jam it out.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, man. That's one of the legendary arcade cabinets in the first place. <laughs> you need a big chunk of change to snag yourself <laughs> one of those and a dolly to carry around that 500-pound machine. But oh, I got dolly. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, dude. Awesome, man. Awesome. Killer, killer review. Yes, yeah, so we'll jump right into uh, to my segment, and uh, I want to give it a little bit of a rename, and uh, I'm going to tell Remix. you why. Yeah, <laughs> Remix, we're going to call it Tabletop Tips, and here's why. Because there's so many games that I play and things that I'm into that are, you know, tabletop-esque games, and not just hero clicks, and I, I want to be able to talk about a little bit more here and there. So, you know, what you're going to get from me and uh, Tabletop Tips is basically, you know, you're going to get your your heavy dose of hero clicks, especially when a new set comes out. Stuff that I'm excited about, stuff that I'm playing in my casual game. You're going to get uh, some Magic the Gathering news, reviews. Um, I don't play as much Magic as I used to, but I still keep up with the scene. So you're definitely going to get, you know, some of the stuff that's going on in the magic world and uh also you know the RPG um role playing type games uh we have a Pathfinder game that we play with the, with the homies and um you know so I'm going to give a little bit of uh insight into, you know, getting started with that kind of game and stuff like that. And I'm also going to talk about, uh, you know, painting miniatures, which is a big part of tabletop gaming. And in our group, I I take care of a lot of the painting and stuff like that of the miniatures and and bringing, you know, that little bit extra into the game because you don't need that stuff. You could use, uh, you know, a penny. But it yeah. just really b- helps bring you into the world when you got a nice, like, little painted elf or a painted warrior whatever you or like want. Like with, like, bloody
1: teeth. Yep, you know. totally. All that stuff. So. You could say it definitely paints the picture of
0: the yeah, scene. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, um, you know, real quick this week, um, I want to talk about, um, you know, Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder. And a big question that I get when I tell people that I play, you know, Pathfinder is oh, is that like Dungeons and Dragons? And I'm so. For all of you who don't know, it's exactly like Dungeons and Dragons, and the main difference is um, there were several versions of Dungeons and Dragons. There's Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons version two, version three, version four, version five, which they're on right now. Um, and Pathfinder is basically Dungeons and Dragons three point five. They changed a lot of mechanics in Dungeons and Dragons, going from, you know, the third version to the fourth, and a lot of people weren't into it. A lot of development changed. A lot of the guys uh, who were working for WizKids at the time, you know, left the company and a few of those jumped together and were like, you know what, we don't like Dungeons and Dragons like this. We're gonna go back to the way we've always played, the way that we love, and they made Pathfinder. So cool. Pathfinder is basically Dungeons & Dragons 3.5. You're getting all the best of the way Dungeons & Dragons was played at first, you know, for many, many, many years, and before they made huge changes to it, which you wouldn't even really know about if you just started playing. But that's a question that I get a lot. Oh, is Pathfinder Dungeons & Dragons? Sure. It's exactly like Dungeons & Dragons, just not the version of Dungeons & Dragons that comes out right now. So, uh, yeah, man, super fun game. Get your, help get your imagination going, hang out with your buddies, drink a few beers, have a good time, and slay some monsters. You know, whether you're playing Dungeons & Dragons or you're playing Pathfinder, you're going to enjoy it and, uh, you know, just have fun with your homies. That's, uh, that's the main point of it. So, jump out there and play, man. Hit the table and roll some dice. Alright, WPC Smash, let's jump right into Word on the Street. And now, Word on the Street! Wait on the street. What? What? Ah! Can I ask you a question? Ah! What the hell is going on here? Ah! I said, what's going on? All right, man. We got a lot of cool stuff going on with wrestling right now. A lot of cool stuff. We don't always have a, you know, as many things listed out to chat about for this section. Sometimes things feel a little pre- repetitive, but that is not the case right now. Nope. Lots of stuff going on. We have two pay-per-views coming up. We got Crown Jewel. We got Evolution. These are... Big-time pay-per-views and, um, you know, Crown Jewel's technically a super show, as they've been calling those Mm kind of things lately. So I think that's super cool. But let's start right with uh, Evolution. We have a lot of things going on at Evolution as far as changes to the card, a couple things going on. Uh, First off, Alexa Bliss, you know, seems to be hurt. Yep. So, uh, I think it's a shoulder. I'm not 100% sure. Something going on there. So Alicia Fox is making her way into the tag team match with Lita, Trish, and Mickey James. Why not? I think it's totally cool. Yep. Um, she deserves a spot on this card and, and a main spot. She's been around for a long time, paid her dues. Yep. And uh, I'm glad to see if, if, you know, Alexa Bliss is going to be hurt, which is, you know, disappointing. But if somebody's going to take that spot, happy to see Alicia Fox take it. A lot of other cool matches.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm kind of excited about Carrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. Yeah. You know, NXT representing. For the title. For the title. I I think this could be – I always say this. This could be a show stealer. Uh, These girls got a lot to prove because they're stepping up. To the big show, yeah, like they're they're on the WWE show. This is a monumental, you know, show. So I'm excited to see that. I'm also excited to see who's going to win the May Young Classic because yeah. that's going to be. Uh, tonight and honestly i believe i don't know what what it's titled but there's some sort of battle royal going on yeah and again i'm excited to see who's gonna be in it
0: yep tamina is gonna be in it they did that thing on smackdown where she kind of like made her return so it's cool to see her yep and uh nia jax will be in it i wouldn't be surprised to see nia jax you know walk away with that Mm -hmm. but um yeah man there's cool things going on wow one of the main things that i'm super excited about is uh becky lynch and charlotte yes the feud's been killer the last couple months. Yep. They're doing all kinds of uh, you know backstage stuff where they you know they're fighting down in the performance center. Mm-hmm. And Becky Lynch is really laying it on thick with the heel promos and uh, the heel persona on Twitter yep. and social media and stuff like that. Shutting down Edge. Oh yeah, that was awesome. yeah with the neck comment. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it's really cool that they're you know just letting Becky Lynch go off. Mm-hmm. I think it makes her you know really, you know, uh, be, get over with the crowd. Yeah. She's always been over, but this is putting her over that edge to superstardom, I think. Yeah, this
1: could be the character that she's known for now. And yeah. I love it because yeah. I like that she's a badass, but she smiles. Yeah. Like, plain and simple. And I honestly think that this is going to be the most solid match on the card. For sure. The- Straight up. This is what evolution's about. Like, if you want to think about the whole... Yeah, it. it and, and granted, it's been going on since the late '90s or early '90s. Alundra Bray, we already went over that. Like yep. she started, but you want to know what the talent is in this business right now? It's Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair.
0: Absolutely, uh, they're gonna they're gonna lay it on thick, and you're gonna see that these girls can wrestle just as good as the boys. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, this match is really gonna showcase that. Yeah, per, you know, perfectly. There's no reason to think otherwise.
1: So the other world title match or ladies title match, uh, you think it's
0: going to close the show out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Rousey uh, may not be the best wrestler, but she's probably the biggest draw yep. on the card, which is important to WWE. Mm-hmm. It is entertainment, and you know it's a publicly traded company that's there to make money, and I think Ronda Rousey makes the most money. So it makes the most sense to me to uh, have this match go on last.
1: So Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella. And we've been seeing some back and forth. We haven't really seen a lot of, like, fisticuff action, but we've seen yeah. mic work.
0: And we're getting the fisticuffs with Becky and Charlotte, like we talked about. So I right. think it's cool to go to the other end of the spectrum mm-hmm. and just get really, you know, verbal back and forth. And, and Build Ronda, it. Yeah, Ronda Rousey's really stepped up her game on the mic. She looks a little nervous time to time, uh, a little stuttery. But when she really lets herself go yeah. and gets into it, man, is she, you know, really showcasing that she's... Becoming one of the best. She
1: likes what she's doing. You can tell that. And oh yeah. I kind of like too when she's not talking. Like when she was done talking, she was amped up. She was riled up. Like she was like holding her fists and her face gets all red. Like yeah. that is her gimmick, and she's pulling it off. Like veins pulsing, like, like <laughs> almost like a ticking time bomb. Like she's amped up. She's hulking out at this
0: point. Like I love it, dude. It's it's great to see, and uh I think that the stuff where they're really laying into each other verbally, as far as Ooh. you know you the only ronda rousey saying that nikki bell only got her spot because of john cena and uh john cena let her in the door and then kicked her back out that same door Yep, stuff like that i thought it was super cool super realistic um the bellas you know talk about how they're producers of shows and just true yeah and Rousey saying that just because they write your producer at, at, behind your name at the end of the show doesn't mean you're really doing anything, <laughs> which is probably also true. Yeah, and uh, I I just love it. Dude. Yeah. They, uh, Nikki Bella legit looks like she is, uh, you know. A, a badass, but from the past. A diva. Mm. She's calling herself a diva. Right. So I think that that's cool. And uh, But I really... I want to see Ronda Rousey beat the ever-living snot out of her. I
1: think it will happen. But there might be some... Not twin magic, but maybe some wacky interference. Who knows? I'm excited to see. But, I mean, I do honestly got to give the Bellas a little bit of credit, too. Like, they're, what they're saying, they are doing. They got... A great YouTube channel they got their clothing line like they're doing what they said they wanted to do and kind of branch out like the rock yeah you know in in the small capacity because if you think about it 10 15 years ago the women wrestlers really didn't have any sort of outlet so they went that route rather than just claiming championships the whole time
0: yep so. Super excited for that. It's going to be a great pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. First WWE all-women's pay-per-view. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Check awesome. it Check it out on the WWE Network. Um, so then the next big thing that we got going is Crown Jewel. A um, lot of rumors, legends, um, people not wanting to go. A lot of controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're kind of going to stay away from the, the controversy part. I guess you can kind of go online if yeah, you want it to see
1: people complain. That's yeah, not what we're here for. We're not We're not. W- WPC politics. Yeah.
0: So, Crown so. Jewel is happening. And, uh, yep. Fantasy it's football game time, baby. ready for all you guys out there. Set your lineups. Um... There's a lot of rumors on who's going to show up, who's going to be there. The big one that uh, everybody talked about was, uh, is HBK going to wrestle? And we got the confirmation over the last two weeks that that is happening. I like the way they're building it. It's going to be HBK and Triple H versus uh, Kane and The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great tag team match.
1: Never before happened. Yep.
0: I really wish that they would have saved Shawn Michaels for WrestleMania. I -hmm. think it would have made it... A much bigger thing but I, I get that they wanted people to watch Crown Jewel and they needed to sell tickets over there yeah. I'm sure he got a huge payday for it but I really think that you know waiting for one of your main you know at least one of the big four pay-per-views but most notably Wrestlemania yeah. um,
1: secret entrant at Royal Rumble after
0: all this time <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't seem like the right spot for it, but I'm going to watch it and see what's up with HBK. You know what I mean? I want to see who he's going to super kick, how he looks in the ring, whether I think this is going to be a one-off type thing and how he goes, you know, how everything goes. Maybe
1: he'll get the itch back again.
0: Yeah, you know (laughs) what I mean? Find his smile and jump out there, and (laughs) and we'll get to see him on those big pay-per-views. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, We just got a recent announcement that Hulk Hogan's going to be at the show. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um WWE just put him back in the uh, Hall of th- Fame. the opening package, the Hall of Fame. They're acknowledging Hulk Hogan again after his social media controversy and all that stuff, which um, I don't pay too much attention to. I just Hulk Hogan's a legend, and uh, shunning somebody for saying something stupid is kind of you know.
1: People make mistakes. We're all human. Sure.
0: I've said a lot of stupid stuff. I'm just not on the platform as Hulk Hogan. So I'm happy to see him there. I'm interested to see what capacity he's gonna be there. Yeah. Is um is he gonna be some kind of host? Is he gonna jump in the ring and, you know, cost somebody a match or have a match? We have no idea. We just know Hulk Hogan's gonna be there. So I'm super excited to see in what capacity.
1: Right. Exactly. And and I'll be fanboying oh, you know, yeah. once that Rick Derringer. Kicks in those first four notes,
0: bow, bow, bow,
1: bow. I'll be doing the ear thing and oh, flexing, yeah. brother. You know, Coming uh, out
0: in the red and yellow, hopefully.
1: Yeah, you never know yep. in the
0: WWE. Could be heel, Hollywood style, but I think we're going to get the red and yellow and get that big time pop that they're looking for.
1: Absolutely. The
0: other uh, rumor, basically, for Crown Jewel, as far as legends, is uh, you know, people have been saying that Stone Cold's getting into ring shape. And he could make some kind of an appearance uh, at Crown Jewel. And I've, this is just rumors, nothing official like the other things we talked about. Right. were all official, WWE's, you know, talked about or showed us type stuff. But rumors have it Stone Cold's getting ready for something. So I uh, am super excited to see if this is it. Is it Crown Jewel that he's getting ready for? Or is he, you know, getting ready for something else down the road? Is nothing happening at all? And he's just bulking up for his TV show to look yeah. big, you know? no idea but it's a sweet rumor and i love to you know think about
1: what could be yeah and other rumors are there's apparently some superstars who do not want to perform at the show yep john cena yep being one of them big name yeah what he's in the tournament mm-hmm. you know the best in the world tournament so yep. they're, uh, they they got to scramble for a replacement and that 316 glass shatter might might do the trick i'm just saying that's true that's true um but then daniel bryan and he he's in one of the main events for the WWE title. Yep. So, yeah. So
0: yeah, AJ and uh, Daniel Bryan supposed to be uh, you know big match on the card, and we're getting some uh, backlash between uh, some of the big names in wrestling and mm-hmm. and you know the show itself. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen because it's really up in the air right now, and they don't have much too much time to figure it out. So right. watch Raw, watch SmackDown, and and definitely try to figure out what's going on. The, another big name that's not going to be at Crown Jewel is uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to Roman Reigns. Um, great wrestler for a long time. Back and forth. Whether you're a fan of him or you're not, you respect him. And right. that's all he wants, I'm sure. Um, came out on Raw with, you know, one of the most impactful segments that we've seen in a long time, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, cut kayfabe. And he talked about, uh, you know, his real life and his his real life battles with uh, cancer, with leukemia. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, I I mean, I was watching this episode and uh, I woke up my wife and was like, you need to watch this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that important and impactful to the business. Um, I don't think we've ever seen Roman Reigns out of character. Right. He told everybody, you know, his real name is Joe. And uh, that he's been living with cancer that has been in remission for you know quite for a while. Years, yeah. Yep, and and that it was back. And I gotta admit, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And um, it really makes you think, you know, about how you talk about wrestlers and who you like and who you don't like, right. and stuff like that. And and you know, you want to make sure that even if you don't, you're not into somebody entertainment wise as part of the show that you still respect everybody and stuff right. like that and uh i i gotta tell you that roman reigns laying down the title in the middle of the ring and you know telling everybody that he has to relinquish the title so he can go battle uh, battle cancer was uh, a big big moment for me yeah
1: and be with his family because then you really think about it, you put it into perspective they are performing 300 plus days a year how many Times, especially a, him, a month do they actually see their family? And he has kids, at least I know he has at least one daughter, yeah. So, you know, that's big. And I've always said with Roman Reigns, like, I like him as a guy, like, we're a little different. I'm sure there's a lot of wrestling fans like us, we get it. There's characters, yeah. So, the Roman Reigns character, yes, he's in all the main events, he's getting pushed down our throats. But he, Joe, is doing what he's told, he's walking out that curtain, win, lose, or draw. He he's he looks like he can take a butt whooping. He gives the butt whoopings, yeah. and he's come a long way on the stick. He kind of stopped talking as much, I believe, and like he's in the past few years, you know, been moving right along. And he has a great record, the WrestleMania main events, and in putting it into perspective, he deserves it. And I, you know, get well soon. Can't wait to see him back back in the ring.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, lastly, I mean, the last thing I got, unless you got anything else, is that uh, Dean Ambrose that same night made a big heel turn on uh, Seth Rollins in the tag team title match.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I do have one more thing just to touch Go on ahead. it. Since Roman dropped the title, or had to drop the title, um, now the main event's just going to be Braun and Brock. Yeah. For the Universal title. At so. Crown Jewel,
0: yep. Yeah. So that's going to be a big deal. I think. Uh, you know, straight up to give a prediction. I think Braun gets his first run right now, and they're going to see how it goes. Yeah. And uh, if he can carry the ball and run with it, you know, he's going to get his chance to uh, break through that glass ceiling, and mm-hmm. let's see if he can.
1: And if not, there's plenty of time just to do one another match somewhere down the road. And yeah. bing, bang, boom.
0: We know Brock is going to do Brock if he gets the title, and yeah. that's fine with me. And
1: then there's a part of me on the other side of the coin that would kind of smile to see Brock as the champion walk into the octagon with the WWE title on. That'd be... Sweet, in it's my a lot opinion. of exposure
0: for sure. Yeah,
1: like like for the for the fans, for the good guys. Like, oh yeah, look at that. like yeah. all these UFC people. Are like, he's wearing a red belt in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's my title, baby.
0: Yeah, thirty million yeah. people uh, buying pay per views or whatever, mm-hmm. getting to see the WWE Championship or you know the Universal Title.
1: Yep, super cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that uh, Ambrose. Let, let's let's jump right back into that. So feel good moment. I kind of had a feeling that they were going to cap the night off with you know. The Shield winning the title, dedicating to Roman, then all out of nowhere, dude.
0: Bam! Yep. Dean turns, beats down Seth, and not just a quick, like, oh, give him, you know, gives him the boots for a few minutes. Uh, he goes off on him for a good few minutes. Yep. Giving him, uh, you know, the, the double underhook DDT, all that stuff, getting outside the ring. Um, throwing him against the guardrail and and giving him another Dirty Deeds onto the cement after pulling up the mats. I thought it was cool. I thought it looked great. And uh, it gives, you know, a huge jump to Dean Ambrose as a big-time heel and really put over Seth Rollins as a big-time babyface. I think both these guys are going to prosper from this turn. No Roman Reigns equals no shield, so I think it's the perfect time to – to do something different, and uh, that's exactly what they did. And the crowd was surprised. You got all kinds of surprised looks, and and this is something that I would have expected to happen down the road. Maybe not on that night, and, but in my opinion, it worked because I was surprised, you were surprised, the crowd was surprised, and that's what we're looking for when we're watching wrestling, man. So hell of a couple of weeks yeah. and, that we got coming up, and that we've had in the past. So wrestling's hot right now, and if you are, you know not on the fence about watching it these days i strongly recommend you tune in on monday and tuesday nights and and over the next couple weeks on sunday nights to you know check out these pay-per-views and see where everything's going because uh things are changing
1: yeah and if there's anything that's been sticking out to you on raw smackdown nxt whatever hit us up on twitter let us know at wpc smash ladies and gentlemen welcome to the main event!
0: It's time! It's time! Oh, it's time, baby!
1: What time is it? Tell me what time it is!
0: All right, and it's time, baby. It's time for the main event.
1: Main event.
0: Yeah, the best part of the podcast, in my opinion, the most fun I have every week is watching these matches. Uh, Mm -hmm. Things that you guys suggest to us, things that we pick, you know, amongst ourselves, me and Mike. But um, this week we got a, a killer match for you. Mike really wanted to go over Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Judgment Day 2001, two out of three falls match.
1: For sure, man. And we'll do our little painting, our little picture. The the Bob the, Ross in it, right? Yes, yeah, right. The build to this match is a little bit weird. It's it's all pretty much they're fighting over the Olympic gold medals. Yeah, but I think what, it's cool because you like
0: want to you want something to fight over a yeah. reason to make it personal, you know? Yeah,
1: it's cool. But the one thing I could probably. Do away with was Chris Benoit putting the the medals down his tights. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I think it brought a little humor to it because when he gets them out, he uh, Kurt Angle kisses them, and then he's like, it, "Oh, and, and they stink." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. See, <laughs> I mean, it gave it a little bit of that humor to it too. Yeah. You know, brought a little more depth to the whole story. I dug it.
1: All right, tomato potato. You mm-hmm. know, uh, so yeah. So honestly, they're they're fighting over uh, the gold medals, and we get to Judgment Day. It's a two out of three falls match first match is a pinfall yep pinfalls only second match is submissions only third match if necessary would be a ladder match with the gold medals hanging above the ring
0: i uh it's funny that you said it because I, th- I thought this was a perfect reason to uh build heat having the medals uh go back and forth if they don't need a championship you can find something to make it personal and it doesn't have to be, oh, I, you know, I talked about your wife or something okay. like that. It's, it, it's something cool. Something and different. new treasure. Yeah. yours It's a reason to make it personal, in my opinion, without uh, needing a championship or, you know, to get into family life or something like mm-hmm. that, which you quite often get. Um, so I thought that that was super cool. I thought there was a sweet package to open the match, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. It really gave you a backstory. If you were just watching this match, you would really know you know why these two are you know they hate each other and yeah they're, and they're i was gonna
1: say that they hate each other <laughs> Yep,
0: and they're about to throw down a, in a two out of three falls match and why you need this two out of three falls match to really settle the score right, you pinfall
1: just won't do it
0: yep you need to blow off and uh it was the perfect opportunity to hang something above the ring and and get a ladder involved so uh we get jr and paul Heyman doing commentary Cool duo. I like
1: that team, yep.
0: Yep, love that team, as a matter of fact. Um, Kurt comes out first. He got some really cool pyro back then. We had awesome pyro sets Mm -hmm. for a lot of the big guys. And uh, there's a hot crowd that hates Kurt Angle. Mm -hmm. Um, Big time heel at this point. And uh, nobody likes him at all out there in the crowd. Kurt grabs the mic and and gets some cheap heat bashing the crowd and and the city and stuff like that. Classic.
1: Yep. Classic maneuvers.
0: And uh, Benoit comes out. I thought it was a decent pop. I expected mm-hmm. something bigger for how much people hate Kurt Angle. But I think the big part of Kurt Angle is that he's so good that he, he wasn't the baby face, but you hated him so much. Right. That you didn't care who really beat him down. But I thought Benoit still got a cheap, uh, like a good pop. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, right off the bat, intensity. That I mean, I know it's one of the three eyes. But it's it's damn true if we're going there. That's true. So you can tell they hate each other. They're they're just going at it. You get that German suplex trio from Kurt Angle, which at the time wasn't in his normal repertoire. Yep. And the announcers made that clear, saying, you know, he's he's taking Benoit's signature maneuver right there. You know, anything, and he gives them three, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the trio, like anything yep. you can do, I can do better. Is kind of what they're going for right off the bat. Um, and
0: speaking on that, you know, Angle that uh, Benoit Benoit's on the ground after the Germans, mm-hmm. and Angle climbs the rope to give him the top rope headbutt. It's and, a beauty. Yeah, it looks good. Benoit rolls out of the way. Angle's never afraid of taking a big bump mm-hmm. and just laying his body out there and flattening it right in the middle of the ring. Yep, I thought it looked really cool. Um, After you know missing the headbutt, Benoit immediately delivers an Angle slam for the first fall. Yeah super quick yeah did you expect that at all no i didn't i didn't remember too much about this match i remember who won
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: stuff like that but i didn't remember the details of all the falls yeah so as soon as that happened i was like whoa that just
1: real quick yeah and it definitely was like i said anything you can do i can do better he beats him with the uh angle slam pronouns pal (laughs) yeah okay chris benoit Beats Kurt Angle with the Angle Slam.
0: You got it, brother.
1: What I thought was strange was they played Chris Benoit's music after the first fall.
0: I did think that was strange too.
1: But then what I loved was Chris Benoit, with his sweet Terminator Wolverine trunks on, went right for the crossface.
0: Yeah, immediately. He's trying to
1: make it quick, get those, you know, best two out of three falls, you know. But then we start getting what I love these two superstars for. Counters and quickness—they are both technicians of the ring.
0: Yeah, man, I love the way Angle sells uh, at this part of the match. I think everything that he does, um, as far as selling goes, looks great. When uh, Benoit lays in a move, Ben uh, Angle looks like you know something's about to snap, or you know mm-hmm. he's uh, he's really hurting. Angle, especially at this point in time, one of the greatest in the world—if you mm-hmm. know—you know—if not the greatest in the world at that time. Um, I forgot how great Angle was in his prime yeah. watching this match. Because we've seen a lot of Angle recently. You know, you expect the moonsault off the top of the cage and right. TNA type thing. And he's older and he looks a little broken down. And he's still current Angle, so he gets the respect. Yeah. But um, I really, really did forget how good he was in his prime.
1: Yeah. And, and like we were saying, they make it look like they legit hate each other. Look at the way they're chopping each other. Like, like you said, laying it in. They're they're putting on a clinic, you know. I gotta throw out there that I've always loved Benoit's style. It best snap suplex in the business
0: for sure. I I mean my note was Benoit's no slouch. He can do it all.
1: Mm-hmm. And I love how he picks apart the the leg. Like yeah. he you know they they say it from time to time now, but you definitely always saw it with Benoit. He meticulously picks apart the body part of an opponent.
0: I liked uh, the way everything looked clean and real. Mm-hmm. Um, these two guys at this moment are two of the best wrestlers in the world. Like we've talked about with Kurt Angle, but Benoit, I mean, they're two of the best wrestlers. Right. There might not be. I mean, Angle was great on the mic, but uh, you know that was kind of Benoit's downfall. I I would think is mic work and stick work, and maybe he just didn't get the opportunity all the time. Right. But uh, so <laughs> wrestling wise, these are two of the best in the world, and that's
1: honestly one of the reasons I picked this match because I knew these two at this time, this era are going to put on a wrestling clinic and it's not always about high spots and table smashes and this like that's why i picked this match because i knew we're going to get the best of everything if you will
0: yep um at this point i noticed that the camera mic was picking up a lot of the calls in the ring i thought that was kind of sloppy yeah not so much the wrestler's fault but um production wise they Someone got could have said something. Yep. Hey, back off the microphone. Um, Turn it get down, the camera down. in back up with the camera and zoom in instead of standing right close yeah. to it. Um so I thought that was kinda sloppy. But if I mean if that's those are the things you're gonna pick off at this far into the match, mm-hmm. I mean obviously they're doing a great job. Um, Benoit at this point delivered a super stiff clothesline like strong style yeah. it looked really good super real Benoit has great kicks um, I had the awesome snap suplex like yeah. you talked about and uh, he puts uh, angle in an awesome lion tamer mm-hmm. like Kurt Ang- um, Chris Jericho Yep. I mean, I got a good feeling that that might, the back be, of the head. that might be where he got the move, you know. Maybe Benoit, something that he did over in Japan and, and Angle, uh, Jericho was like, hey, buddy, you think I could use that? Yeah, <laughs> that Or was he was just him. giving
1: him a shout-out, too. True. Like, what up, buddy? I know you're watching this match.
0: Yep. If you don't know what the Lion's Tamer is, it's the walls of Jericho. And if you don't know, go back and watch some old Chris Jericho because you need to.
1: Yeah. It's but, the way uh, it should be done.
0: It's brutal looking. It looks like it hurts. Uh, Kurt Angle sells it to perfection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Benoit stays in control uh, in this part of the match and uh, works over the leg still, continuously, continuously working over the leg and really set up the fact that, uh, you know, something was going to happen with that leg later in the match and uh, that that's what Benoit was working towards. I thought that was cool. Um, Believable back and forth. Kurt hits the angle slam and uh, quickly grabs uh, the ankle lock and boom, just like that. Uh, Benoit submits pretty quickly
1: right and I have that note too but I also think it was smart of him Yeah, because he knew it's a best of three so now it's sudden death and why waste your time getting more punishment to your ankle just end it
0: yep I Um, don't need my ankle broken how am I going to climb a ladder with a broken ankle and this
1: fall tap out quick I thought it was uh, smart and now it's ladder time Absolutely,
0: man. Uh, match is one and one at this point. So we go into the third and final fall, which is the ladder match like we talked about. Um, as the ref hangs the medals for the ladder match, uh, Angle's beaten down Benoit pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And one question I had going into this whole match was like that they didn't hang the medals at the beginning. Yeah. Normally they hang them at the beginning of the match, but they ended up kind of uh, doing it in the middle of the match, like at, the, at yeah. the beginning of the third fall. So I was actually watching and being like, I wonder what they're doing with the medals. Like, how somebody carrying right. them up to the roof and they're going to mm-hmm. hang them down. Uh, but they did take care of it at this point in the match. Uh, but it was different, a little weird. All right. Well,
1: I think it's because, let's just say, Kurt Angle won both falls right away. They would have just handed him over his medals. Totally makes sense. Didn't so think about it They didn't like want to like make it seem like obvious, like, there's going to be a third fall because the medals are up. That's a good but point. But they could have easily just dropped the medals down and handed them to him, but I think that's what they were going.
0: Hey, that's that makes a lot of sense, and, and it really shows you the in-depth thinking of right. the storytelling that yeah, was going on. Yeah,
1: don't make it on. look obvious.
0: Yeah, hey, in this match, there was a lot of good storytelling beforehand mm-hmm. um, at this point, and that makes a huge amount of sense to me that you say it like that, to be honest. Um, Benoit and Angle take turns throwing each other um, you know, into the steps and into the ring post to start the match they're yeah. really outside, working the outside of the ring hitting the guardrails and keeping things physical and stiff I thought that was cool um, Angle grabs a ladder from under the <laughs> ring and uh, he's the first one to climb it, sets it up starts climbing up and uh, Benoit pushes him off and, and throws Angle into the crowd Um, always want to get that good crowd spot, keep everybody involved and stuff like that. I think that's super important.
1: And I think it's hilarious that Angle grabbed a ladder from under the ring when there was a ladder right behind him and the commentators also pointed that out like hey Kurt, you know there's a ladder like Two feet behind you, but hey, whatever. Grab one of those orange ones. Cool, dude.
0: <laughs> I like that the announcers didn't ignore it. Like you just said, they were like, you know, kind of made it feel like he made a mistake. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's how Benoit had the time to get back up before he could climb the right. ladder fully, you know. If he had just grabbed the one behind him, maybe that extra few seconds would have helped him climb up and yep. grab the medal. Again, great storytelling. Um, surprising for uh, this time the WWF, you didn't see a lot of, um, you know, going into the crowd and stuff like that Mm -hmm. which i always like that's a big ecw thing especially at this time or just before this as 2001 so i thought that that was super cool it's risky throwing people into the crowd because they like didn't throw them into a spot where there was nobody like behind the, the timetable or something like that right into the crowd um so that was cool they take turns hitting each other with the ladder you know pretty much uh just after that, and uh, Benoit, with the upper hand, tries to climb the ladder himself for the first time, so we've only got one person climb the ladder at this point, which is cool, they're going back and forth, and they're keeping those ladder climbs a little bit more spread out, so you anticipate it, and you feel good about it, and it gives you somewhere to go, somewhere to climb up, you know, Mm -hmm. emotionally, and they bring you back down, and I can't say enough about the storytelling in this match, I know it sounds kind of repetitive, but... It's true. It was great, and we actually, you know, talked about it a while back uh, before we actually, you know, recorded the show. Is like, I forgot how great this story in this match was Mm -hmm. and how good the wrestling was, like straight wrestling, like how great these two guys were at this time, Mm -hmm. at this moment, in this place. You can't take anything away from, you know, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle.
1: One of the things I really liked about this match, too, was like the way they shoved or pulled each other off the ladder. Like so when Benoit's climbing it, Angle grabs Benoit from like the the brim of the pants yep. and just yanks him off the ladder.
0: And he takes a good back bump, right? Yeah. Just a straight flat back from the top. You and know?
1: and that's a believable way to take someone off a ladder. Like you said last time, um um Benoit just shoved Angle. Yeah. Like that's a believable in a fight. Yep. Now I'm not taking anything away because I love when you get like a bubble cutter off the ladder, but think sure. about it. Bubba's climbing the ladder slowly, turning around, grabbing your head, giving you the bubble cutter. Yep. In this, this fight, they're scrapping for it and they're just going to do what they need to do and grab him by the pants and rip them right off that ladder. 100% agree.
0: The realism in the match is, uh, is exquisite and these guys really, you know, at the top of their game. Um, the crowd's starting to get really rowdy. Um, I love the attitude. out There's signs everywhere. Everybody's mm-hmm. excited. Um Wrestling was life for a lot of people at this point in time, including us. Mm -hmm. Um, I I noticed that the ring's making a great sound. That's important to me. And uh, I really pick up on that. Good ring sound makes a match for me. So I really do like that. Um The ladder gets set up in the corner after some back and forth. uh, There's a cool spot where Angle climbs up the ladder and Benoit pushes it over. So he takes the back bump uh, while holding onto the ladder still. Mm -hmm. Angle's like holding it in his hands and he falls back, you know, with the ladder flat on top of him. I thought that was cool. You know, nothing dangerous, but it looked good. It looked like it hurt. You know what I mean? And so I... In a believable way to take someone off a ladder. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but it looked cool. Yeah, and like you said, it's totally believable. That's perfect. Um, I thought that was the coolest spot of the match so far. You know, it was just something simple like that, but in my opinion, I really enjoyed it. And Angle um, delivered a, a sweet suplex to Benoit on top of the ladder, which was leaning on the middle rope. And that quickly became my favorite spot of the match. Yeah. And now I see that they're really starting to lay it on thick with some of the cool like usage of the ladder and yeah. stuff like that, things you don't see every day. So I thought that was really cool. And this really part of the match, the third fall, really reminded me of like old-school Razor ramon Shawn Michaels ladder match.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Not Edge and Christian TLC-style ladder match, but old-school Razor-Sean Michaels using the ladder, yep. but in a believable way to inflict pain on the opponent. But the main goal is to climb that thing and get up there and get the, get the medals. I love that they went back to basics, and that's yeah. what I felt like. Did you notice that at all?
1: Yeah, I did. And the word I like to use for it was uh, brutality. Like, it was just a believable fight. It wasn't, you know, I keep saying it, like a spot fest. Like, they were just trying to hurt each other with the weapon that they were given, which is the ladder.
0: Yep. Um, After the, uh, you know, the suplex, Benoit sets the ladder up on top of Angle's throat, like standing up. So, you know, it's kind of pinning his throat down. I thought that was sweet. And uh, he starts to climb it. And um, Benoit basically... You think the match is over. You think Benoit's about to win. Mm-hmm. How could Angle, you know, press this ladder off of his throat? He must be in so much pain. But Angle, with that last-ditch effort, muscles the ladder up. Which
1: is super cool.
0: Yep, tips it over. And Benoit comes down thro- throat first on the top rope, mm-hmm. which looked cool. You you know, the pain that you must feel doing something like that. I really love that spot. And uh, Benoit, uh, after that, you know, kind of rolled into uh, get Angle into the crossface. And he taps, but it's a ladder yeah. match. Like, you think you're like, oh, but then you think, oh, oh my God, yeah. it's a ladder match. Yep. So I thought that that was sweet. You get some sweet commentary from the announcers saying, like, oh, Kurt Angle's tapping, but it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. in this fall. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. Paul Heyman doing his thing. Of course, JR doing what he's yeah, best They both
1: at. get amped up, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Edge and Christian finally, like, hit the ring at this point, and they start to uh, beat down Benoit. Yep. Um, cool to see those guys, you know. Especially in a ladder match, you know, kind of coming in and there are believable, you know, characters to come in and, interfere in a ladder match and stuff like that yeah
1: and they're boys with angle
0: yep Chris Benoit being from Canada so it was like all these like things were intertwined and stuff like that yep and uh, so I thought that that was cool angle climbs the ladder during the commotion and uh, he snags the medals um, basically like a half second before Benoit can get back into the ring he's beaten down Edge and Christian on the outside and he just gets them both down and he slides back into the ring and angle snags down the medals uh, for the win, and uh, Angle wins the match and finally gets his gold medals back with, you know, they might have a little ball sweat on him still, <laughs> but, but he's got those for medals. <laughs> I thought it was a great match and had a super old school feel, yep. and that's uh, the the best thing that I could say about it, is that it was a great match and it had an awesome old school feel, and uh, that's based, you know, there's nothing more you can say. We've yeah. went over this match, told you guys everything that you would want to hear from a great match that's why mike picked it as a main event oh yeah and uh, i i'd be more than happy to watch this match anytime just trying to waste a few minutes it's a it's a perfect match to bring up on the wwe network and uh you know waste some time while you're waiting for something to happen yeah
1: you get the best of everything pretty much you get pinfalls mission and some ladder match but i will say in, in true transparency 15 year old mike popped through the roof when edge and christian came out sure. because i was edge and christian mark i mean i still am to this day yeah but 32 year old mike was like oh man kind of a waste of a great match yeah but it told the story and that i mean that that's the story of this whole match was it was a great story so i get it but kind Kep, of kind of a bummer
0: kept benoit looking strong even though he lost yeah i thought it was cool
1: and that's really all i gotta say about that killer main <laughs> event
0: mike um, you know, keep picks like that coming. We're gonna keep having oh, yeah. great main event segments for all you smashes out there. And coming up in the next episode, we got another great main event. A uh, couple of our subscribers and listeners out there really into ECW, so I figured we would jump that route. We uh, haven't been there in a, a couple episodes, yeah. so. Um, one match that always stuck out to me growing up was uh, Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow at Heat Wave 1998. That Woo! yeah, that was for the FTW Championship, big time in ECW. It's a clip that you still see all the time in all the you know packages of. You know, mostly people on, you know, fans, hardcore fans yeah. online and stuff like that. But when you see a great moment in ECW history, there's a there's a moment in this match that you're going to remember forever. So check it out so you can uh, go over it with us on the next episode. Taz, Bam Bam, Bigelow, Heat Wave 1998 for the FTW Championship. <laughs> is the WPC Brain Buster. Let's meet today's contestants. An X-Men
1: collecting, Father of Two, whose wrestling knowledge is so great. May the Force be with you. The Commissioner, Ian. From the age of six, he's been saving princesses
0: from casuals. This here is a grown man in spandex. This is Mike. Mm-hmm. All right, Schwab. We got the brain buster here, and and I'm, I might get you on this one, but i right. my my uh, confidence has dwindled a little bit. You know, I always think that I got a good one for you, but you always seem to kick out. Bring it. So um, let's see how we do with this one. Uh, Chris Benoit, you know, sticking with the, the main event that we did today. Chris Benoit is Chris Benoit's real name. Mm-hmm. It's not a shoot name. It's not a wrestling name. That's his real name, um, and which is super rare in wrestling, right. to especially in the WWE, to you know not have to use a shoot name. Sure. And straight up, I, I thought that that was cool. If you didn't know that, that's a a really you know neat aspect of Chris Benoit's character. Um, before he used his real name in the states, though, he did have a wrestling name. And uh, what's the ring name that he made huge in Japan? um most notably uh wrestling you know guys like young eddie guerrero or um you know dean malenko stuff like that what was uh chris benoit's wrestling name in japan
1: black tiger uh
0: no brain buster nobody gets up from that it looks Black Tiger was Eddie Guerrero's name, and I almost just said that to you, so I'm really glad I didn't. I was like, I just said Eddie Guerrero, but dude. At least I was on the right road. When I say it, you'll know. Chris Benoit's uh, wrestling name in Japan. Can go. I have a rebuttal?
1: I, I lost. You, I lost. Yeah,
0: I got the pin this week, but yeah. go ahead. Is it like Pegasus? It is. It's the Wild Pegasus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew it was one of those yeah, two. Yeah. Oh, Black oh, Tiger was job. Eddie Guerrero. All right. And uh, Wild Pegasus or just Pegasus. Yeah. You, he went by both in Japan. I, I wrote both. I would have gave you both. Oh. And uh, yeah, that was it. The Pegasus Kid. He went by that one, too. I had that one. I would have gave you that one, too.
1: I'm calling that pinfall like a Hulk Hogan WrestleMania 6, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I did get beat, but I'm still looking strong. I bet if
0: you took the other 30 seconds, you would have thought about it and got it. So I'm glad that you jumped right out with it. So cool, man. Good job, dude. All right. uh, Dude, hell of an episode per usual. Great main event. Awesome you know, video game talk and... Uh, word on the street I think we killed it this week I hope you guys agree Um, tell your friends tell everybody to subscribe to WPC smash hit us up on Twitter Converse with us over, you know, at a, at WPC Smash and, oh, with
1: uh, you know, uh, hashtag off the top, yes, yeah, hashtag WPC Main Event, yeah, dude. hashtag Retro Game, whatever you want. Let Talk us. with us, man. We love talking with people on Twitter, man. Hit us up with those retweet tweets. We'll retweet you. Follow, follow back, whatever, man. We love it. We've been getting a lot of interactions lately, and I, for one, I'm digging it. And that's what we're here for. And thanks everyone for uh, like. You know, chat with us because we definitely dig it and it, it makes it fun, man.
0: Give the people a two sweet. Two sweet! Too. sweet. Oh, you can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website,
1: wpcsmash.wordpress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.